Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible study in the book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 23 of Genesis chapter 2. And we're continuing to read from verse 21. And Jehovah God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which Jehovah God had taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Well, um, we've been looking at these verses for the last few studies, and since we're living in a time when the marriage institution is under tremendous assault and attack by uh, the enemies, the forces that are against the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, it's good for us to take our time and slowly, carefully go over what God has said here. And we've seen how God instituted he began marriage in this world between a man and a woman, and he did it through the act of creation with Adam first, but also with the special creation of the woman and and God in the manner he created the woman was painting a spiritual picture. And we can't help but notice the deep sleep that God cause to fall upon Adam first and then God took one of his ribs and and as we looked at the the words a little closer in verse 21 the word closed up um, has been translated as delivered up or or delivered in other verses and that points to the Lord Jesus being delivered to be crucified or to to be the sacrifice for sin. And it says, and closed up the flesh instead thereof as Christ eternal God was manifest in the flesh and was the substitution. Instead of these elect people that God chose before the world began, God would find satisfaction in the death of Christ, in the death of the Lord Jesus. And then God takes the rib, as it says in verse 22, the rib which Jehovah God had taken from man, made he a woman. He built a woman. And the word woman is the same word translated as wife in verse 24 and 25 of 
Genesis 2, and shall cleave unto his wife, uh, the man and his wife. It's the identical word, the Hebrew word translated as woman in these earlier verses and actually carries through in much of the Old Testament. Uh, you'll, you'll find the word wife is the word woman. And we'll look at another place uh, in Genesis where, where that's the case in, in just uh, a few minutes. But first, um, the rib, if you remember, the Hebrew word translated as rib is also translated as side, as well as some other English words. And that's especially significant when we see what took place on the cross in John chapter 19. It says in verse 32, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first, and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth, that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And we find some interesting connections with Christ and his experience on the cross and the man Adam. At the point when Adam was being utilized by God to create a woman. We find Adam fell into a deep sleep that God caused. And we find when when the soldiers come to Jesus on the cross, he's dead already. He He is dead. When they come to him, just as the deep sleep typifies death of Adam. And then one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and God took a rib. He took one of Adam's ribs and and then closed up the flesh. And the word rib is side in the Hebrew. So Jesus, while on the cross, it could be understood that he pierced his rib. And forthwith came there out blood and water. And we have known for a long time uh, or understood for a long time that the blood that that came forth out of Christ's side after he's already dead and the water that flowed forth also is a picture of the word of God, the gospel that will now go forth. It, it has been um, unleashed in a sense. It, it has been um uh let forth it it is coming out of Christ's side and what will the blood of Christ and the water of the gospel accomplish as it now flows freely from his rib well we know when we look up those words in the bible that it's the blood of Christ 
that God speaks of to cover over sin, that forgives sin. It's the water of the gospel that he sends forth into the world and, and the water of the gospel, um, uh, finds the people of God, those elect. And actually in Ephesians 5, the Lord speaks of the bride of Christ and, and he also, uh, makes reference to the washing of water in Ephesians 5. Husbands in verse 25, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So we're, we're not making things up when we say the water coming out of Christ's side represents the word. That's what God says. It's the washing of water by the word. And God sent forth his word, especially in a powerful way after Christ went to the cross. Um, just 50 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out and 3,000 became saved on that very day, signaling the beginning of the church age. And the word of God went forth into the nations of the world and God saved the first fruits. Then the church age came to a close and there was a temporary period of spiritual famine. And then God once again sent forth the Holy Spirit a second time. And the latter rain to save a great multitude of people saved the same way with the washing of water by the word. And as the water cleansed the sinners uh, through hearing of it, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And for by grace are you saved through faith as God used his word to accomplish the purpose of salvation in the lives of his elect, then what was forming, what was coming together, um, living stone upon living stone, or or a body part upon body part of the spiritual body of Christ. It was that woman, the woman that would become one flesh with their husband, God himself, the woman was taking shape. The woman was coming into existence and was being completed throughout history. And and that's what is in view here. That's what happens when Christ's side was pierced. It actually leads to the formation of the church. I will build my church. Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. And, and God built the woman. And how did God build the woman? He took the rib or he took the, from the side of Adam and built the woman. How does God build the church who is likened to the woman in Ephesians 5? Or likened to the wife the same way through the atoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ through his death. That's why he was dead already. And of course, there's um, a connotation there or involved with that statement that 
that it is Christ's death as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world that lays the the foundation. That is the rock that the house of God is built upon and the woman is built upon the same foundation, the foundation stone of the death of Christ. Well, one other thing here in John 19, it mentions when they came to Jesus, they break not his legs because they they broke the legs of the other thieves. They weren't dead yet, but Jesus was dead already. And so there is no purpose, no need to break his legs because they they wanted to to speed up the process of suffocation and the crucified person would uh, use their legs to lift themselves up uh, as much as they could. Uh, They were going to die eventually anyway, but at a slower rate. And so the Romans, uh, you know, that was their job and and also everyone was eager to get this over with to make sure he was dead. And so there was pressures to uh, get it done quickly. And they went to make sure these men were dead. And they broke the legs of the thieves on either side of Christ. And one of them God saved. But when they came to Jesus, he was dead already, which means they did not break his legs. And that would indicate they did not break any of his bones. And so in verse 36, it says, For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And this verse is basically referring back to Psalm 22. And in Psalm 22, It says in verse 16, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. And and here the, the statement I may tell. Tell means to count or number, just as God uh, speaks of his elect as the stars of the sky for multitude. And uh, he has counted all his bones. He has numbered all of his elect. You know, considering the context, Christ is suffering under the wrath of God. Of course, on the cross in 33 AD, it was a demonstration, a tableau, a showing forth what he had done from the foundation of the world, yet he was still suffering wrath. He wasn't making payment. He had already made payment. But again, these scriptures indicate that while under the wrath of God, the concern of the Lord Jesus was counting his bones. It was numbering his bones He cannot lose any of his bones. They are pointing to his elect because in marriage, the bride of Christ, the woman that God built, becomes flesh of his flesh and bone 
of his bone. And that's the reason for the emphasis in John 19 verse 36 of bone of him shall not be broken. To have your bone broken would, would be to be under wrath and, and Christ is the one suffering the wrath. His flesh was delivered up. Remember in Romans 8 that Christ came in the likeness of sinful flesh to condemn sin in the flesh. But the bones of Christ pointed to his elect people, those that he married and they became bone of his bone. Well, yes, it also says flesh of his flesh. Uh, that's true. And in a sense, our flesh was delivered up with his flesh, as as the Bible says that our old man was crucified with him. Uh, we we can't miss the clear picture that God is establishing through the protection of the bones of Christ. Not a bone will be broken because God's elect do not pay for their own sins. We uh, have been granted grace and mercy and, and God accepts the payment that Christ made on behalf of his elect people. Okay, now let, let's go back to uh, the Old Testament, to the book of Genesis. And we see here in Genesis 2, in verse 22, in the rib, which Jehovah God had taken from man, made he or built he a woman. And the word woman is also translated as wife. He built a wife for the man. And again, spiritually, the man, Adam, is a figure of the Lord Jesus. And brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And so God builds the woman and brings her unto the man. Now, I think this historical parable in Genesis 24 will help us see what is in view with God bringing the woman to the man. In Genesis 24, we have an actual, true, historical account, as all the Bible history is true and faithful, that the things we read that God tells us are historical. They happen just as God says they happen. And in Genesis 24, Abraham was old and stricken in age, and he desired that there be a wife found for his son Isaac, the son of promise. The setting is that Abraham's wife Sarah had recently died, and we know Sarah died at the age of 127. And so Isaac was saddened by the death of his mother, and Abraham thought it good that Isaac find a wife because this would bring Isaac comfort 
after the death of his mother. So Abraham commissions his servant to go forth to his kindred in the land of Haran, where he originated from, and to find a wife for Isaac. Now, that's the historical setting, and then the servant goes on a journey, and he does find a wife. He finds Rebecca, and then after finding the woman, the the wife for Isaac, he brings her back to his master and his master's son Isaac, and they come together in marriage. Actually, it, it, it's a wonderful historical record of a time long ago, over 4,000 years ago, of a marriage relationship and, and how it came to be. Isaac had not seen Rebecca. He did not choose Rebecca, but Abraham sent forth the servant and, and through uh, God's providence and, and through the, the circumstances that God arranged, Rebecca was selected and brought back to Isaac and, and they became man and wife, one flesh. And, and so this historical record actually is a historical parable because this is the Bible. And, uh, you know, let, let's be reminded of that. By turning to Galatians, and I want to go here, we could go to many places that show that God um, spoke in parables and the whole Bible uh, needs to be understood as containing hidden truth that must be searched for as for hid treasure. But in Galatians especially, God makes reference to the book of Genesis. And he says in Galatians 4 verse 22, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth the bondage, which is Agar, and, and then the other, etc., but the important thing there is God is referring to what many theologians and practically all churches would say is a historical record, and they would insist you must understand it historically and, and don't spiritualize. And yet, what does God do? He spiritualizes, and he refers to the historical record, and then he says, which things are an allegory. These two women represent two covenants. Their sons represent so forth. And so we are not off base. We're actually in line with the Bible's teaching when we're looking at Adam as a figure, as the Bible tells us, of Christ and and so forth. And, and in Genesis 24, Abraham is called Father Abraham in one of Christ's parables in the New Testament because he can picture God himself. And especially when Abraham 
goes about to slay his son Isaac when he offers him up on Mount Moriah at the commandment of God and he's about to bring down the knife to slay his only son, the son of promise. And God stops him, but there is the picture of God the Father slaying God the Son as Isaac is a type and figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And and that's also the case here in Genesis 24. Abraham's God the Father, a picture of him. Isaac, a picture of God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Father desires the Son to have a wife. And it says in verse 1 of Genesis 24, And Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and Jehovah had blessed Abraham. In all things, and Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by Jehovah, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go unto my country and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son Isaac." And then in verse 7, Jehovah God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying unto thy seed, why give this land, he shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman, and again, wife and woman are the same Hebrew word, it's 802, in Strong's Concordance, and if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither again. And and the servant swore and was sent forth, and he went to the distant land to find a wife for the son of Abraham, Isaac. And that is... Uh, a good illustration, a good picture that God is laying out for us in this long chapter, Genesis 24, when you read it and you wonder, why is God so concerned with this servant's journey and the occurrences that take place? And yes, he comes to Rebecca and couldn't God have just encapsulated it in two, three, four verses like he does other things. Why draw it out and and give it so much attention and write so much about it because it's a picture of the whole gospel plan of God, his magnificent salvation program throughout the history of the world. All through history, the servants of Christ, the servants of God the Father, have been sent forth to find the wife, to find the woman for the Lord Jesus. And once the woman's found, once the wife has been located, then they're to bring her back and present her to their master here is the wife for your son. And then Isaac goes into Rebekah and 
they consummate the marriage and and that is actually a wonderful picture of what takes place at the end of time as finally the word of god washes the woman and the woman comes together and becomes that complete body of christ one flesh of one bone with him and is cleansed from all sin thanks for joining us for e-bible fellowships evening bible studies you can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowships webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.